G'day listeners and welcome to another exciting and informative episode of The Riff. My name's Dan and I'm joined by my esteemed colleague, Cameron. And this week we're going to talk to you all about defamation. Defamation, Dan. Very, very interesting topic. It is. It comes up all the time. You know, these days everybody says... Oh, you've defamed my character or something along those lines. Yes, uh, it happens quite a lot on Facebook. That's right. These days. I think not many people really know what defamation is Mm. or what it means. Or what you can do about it. That's right. So I think today we're going to go through a couple of the key areas of defamation Mm. law and how these can relate to both businesses and individuals. Yeah, yeah. Um, So... How about we start off with um, with what is defamation? Okay, easy. So defamation, Dan, is uh, state-based legislation. By that, what I mean is that it is uh, the law of New South Wales that defamation falls under. But so, but each each state has their own version of that's right. Look, they're all the law. pretty similar, but we're going to focus on the defamation act of New South in Wales in New South Wales okay. in this podcast. All right, good, good. Uh, so defamation was one of those areas before two thousand and five that was uh, deemed through the common law. Well, what does that mean? Uh, so that means that all the defamation law that we had was through cases. Oh, so made by judges. Made by judges, oh, yep. I see, right. Yep, through case law, and that was case law, you know, of New South Wales, the yep. rest of Australia, and overseas. Right. But in 2005, the government of New South Wales uh, decided to sit down and make an, an act that would assist the people of New South Wales uh, in these types of defamation proceedings. So there used to be two different areas of defamation, they were called the area of slander, which is known as defaming a person orally, or libel, which is defaming a person in writing. And so, Cameron, the distinction between libel and slander uh, mm-hmm. has now been abolished. That's right. By the Defamation Act. That's right. So the Defamation Act covers both, both. slander and libel. Under the under the definition of defamation. That's right. Okay, yeah. right. All right. So when we yeah. talk about defamation through the rest of this podcast, it's including both. Yeah, so in writing yeah. or verbally. Or verbally. Okay, right, yeah. Um, and so am I right in saying that, you know, most defamation proceedings or most complaints about defamation, uh, it's usually to do with something in writing? Yes, that's correct. Yeah. yeah. Because okay. when these matters are taken to court, usually the evidence of the defamatory comment being made in writing, uh, it's easier to prove, essentially. Yeah, okay, because you've, you've actually got the evidence. Yeah, All right. That's right. But in saying that, defamation can be oral, mm. um, but it can also be in other types of forms. So a, a key example is art. Art, right. Yes, that's right. So with art, it's a bit hard, though, because... Uh, one's interpretation yeah, of an it's very artwork. subjective. Yeah, that's right. It can be yeah. it can be very hard to determine mm. if that is in fact defamation. Mm. Uh, so there isn't that many cases on it being an artwork. But we're going to focus, I think, today on writing because that's the most common. That's the most common. That's where most of the the case law is. Um, and so when we're talking about in writing, we're really talking about. Social media posts, mm. such as Facebook, which mm. can be defamatory. Negative reviews, such as Google reviews, mm. Facebook reviews, True Local, anything like yep. that. And so, Cameron, can you um, can you tell everyone 
what you would need to prove in order to succeed in a claim for defamation? Well, Dan, there's a couple of things that you will need to prove. Uh, the first one is that the type of communication that you believe is defamatory has to relate to you or identifies you personally or your business. Now, am I right in saying, mm-hmm. because I've, I've read a couple of cases, Yep. The say a Facebook post, for example, yes. it doesn't necessarily have to have your name in it. So say Dan is defaming Cameron. I don't mm-hmm. have to say your name or type your name. No. But if, say to the reasonable person, they know who I'm talking about. That's right. They know I'm talking about Cameron Spanner. That's right. So say, for instance, you posted a comment on Facebook and you said, a solicitor from Adams and Partners Lawyers with curly black hair. Yeah. Now, you can't see me, listeners, but I am the only lawyer here that has curly black hair. Mm. So it would be reasonable for the court to be able to assume that you were referring to me. Okay, so that's the that's the identity aspect. That's right. All right. And then you also need to be able to prove that the communication was defamatory. And by that I mean that it either negatively affects your reputation or lowers your estimation in the eyes of other people or it might cause you to be shunned. Like shunned in the community or something. That's right. So if you're a big public figure in the community and whatever is posted Mm. makes people turn away from you and affects your personal life, but also maybe your commercial Commercial, business life, that could be deemed defamatory. Yeah. So your status in the community comes into play here. That's a good way to say um, it, Dan. Yeah. We'll we'll talk about that a bit later. And so there are are defenses to... Uh, a claim of defamation. That's so right. some of the common defences are well, the, the the one that that jumps to mind with most people is that oh well it was true. That's right. I whatever I wrote was act, was actually true. And if it is true, that's a defence. That's not defamatory. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's one common defence. Now there's also the defence of honest opinion, uh, which is different to it being true. So what this means is that the communications which are made are just an opinion rather than a statement of fact Mm. so there's a difference between it being a fact and being the truth Uh, and in in respect of the defense of honest opinion i mean if if this got to court that would be a matter of evidence that's right for the judge that's right and the judge would determine through the court proceedings whether or not it is justifiable to believe that Mm. that was your honest honest opinion yeah okay and the last defence is the defence of free speech. Uh, so this is a common law defence, and you'll recall that the common law is uh, is where judge made law. Yeah, where where a law is made by a judge, uh, and it is only available in relation to communications made about the government or other political things. So it barely comes up. Yeah, that's yeah. not a very common defence. So for what we're talking about today, in relation to Facebook posts and mm. reviews, it it never comes up yeah that's right so as we always do dan i think it's best if we put what we've said into an example Mm, so you have made a post on the adams and partners facebook page and in that post you have said cameron spanner has blue hair okay now you've posted that on that that's all you said in Mm -hmm. that review Mm -hmm. and that's a review on the adams and partners facebook page nothing's been sent to me right okay okay Now, I've looked at that and I've gone, I think I've been defamed. Mm -hmm. Your comment seems defamatory to me. 
What are the steps? What do I do? Right. Well, the first thing you have to think about is uh, was it was it published to a third party? Okay. The answer is obviously yes because yep. it's published to the Adams and Partners Facebook page. Yep. If I had said to, say, a friend of mine in yep. a private conversation that Cameron has blue hair, whether that's defamatory or not, it's beto- it's a private conversation between two people. Yeah, so it's not really public. No, so you need to have that, that sort of third party yeah. aspect. Okay. I understand what you're saying there. Uh, the second thing is what we are talking about before. It has to sufficiently identify you. Obviously, it has because I've used your name. Yeah, and because it's on the business Facebook page mm. here, it could be deemed somewhat of a personal attack. It's not related to the business itself. No, it's about my no. blue hair. That's right. But the the third aspect, and this is where I think you you uh, Cameron would fail in a claim for defamation, is that uh, it needs to be defamatory. So it needs to actually uh, harm your reputation. Okay. And I think objectively, by me saying that you have blue hair, probably wouldn't harm your reputation. So we both agree, Dan, that the comment about me having blue hair would not be deemed defamatory. No, probably not. But say, for instance, you put a review on the Adams and Partners Facebook page that said, Cameron Spanner is the worst lawyer in Penrith because he steals money from trust accounts. Okay, that's very, very serious. And if there was, you know... Nothing, obviously nothing to substantiate that claim. Yeah. That is extremely damaging. Yeah. And uh, say, for instance, after that comment was posted, I was fired. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, I, I have little doubt that, that you would be able to um, succeed in a claim for defamation. So then the question becomes, what can you do about it? Yes, that's right. So what can I do? So the first option to consider uh, would be probably be contacting the person defaming you directly yeah that's a good idea so you you would write to them i think you should put it in writing yeah i would agree with that there's no point going verbally no so uh and for instance you might not even know the person yeah (laughs) that's right so um in in any way you can try and write to them um uh and ask them to take that message down or retract the message yep and hopefully from there it gets taken down but if it doesn't where do we go to next? Uh, you'd probably want to contact the the platform. So, yeah. so for instance, the example that we used before mm. uh, with Facebook would mm. be to report the review. Yeah, you could report it to Facebook and see if you can get it taken down that way. Yeah. Uh, and then in the event that that didn't happen, what would we do from there? So if the um, defaming message or accusation is, is still public, you can't get it taken down by going directly to that person. You can't get it taken down by Facebook or whichever platform it was published on. Yep. Uh, the, the next logical step would probably be to uh, go and have a chat with a, a lawyer who specialises in defamation to see whether it's worthwhile you taking it any further. And then I guess in some circumstances, people do take it further. And uh, I think it's probably best if we talk about those worst-case scenarios now, don't you reckon? Yeah, I think, I mean, probably in the grand scheme of things, more often than not, it doesn't go any further. No. But, you know, there are still plenty of cases out there. Um, and well, I, gu- I guess the key thing here is that if it's affecting your livelihood mm. you're, and that person won't take it down, you, you have to take it further. 
Yeah. And yeah, I guess yeah, with these right. examples that we've got here uh, from recent cases in Australia and New South Wales, um, these people have had no other option because the person wouldn't remove the comment or post. That's right. So y- these people were, were left really with no no other choice but to um, basically bring the matter before That's the courts. Right. Um, the, the examples we're going to talk about are, are really um, individuals bringing a claim against other individuals That's or right. another individual. There are lots of, you know, and, and probably the cases that you, you see in the media and read about, uh, you know, these high-profile cases of, say, Jeffrey Rush, for or example. Rebel Wilson. Yeah, bringing a, a claim against some media organisation for publishing something but that's not what we're focusing no on. i think we want to focus on something that is more relatable yeah mm. okay so why don't you give me an example from new south wales dan to begin with just give me a quick overview of that all right well this is a case uh that was before the district court uh recently it was in uh 2016 yep and uh the the case was between uh, a, a man by the name of kenneth roth and the defendant was a uh, Mr. Scott. And so Mr. Scott, Mr. Mr. Roth were in Nambucca Heads. And Mr. Roth ran a hotel up in Nambucca Heads. And yep. Mr. Scott decided that um, he would post something on Facebook uh, about Mr. Roth. And uh, I won't read it out word for word, but basically what Mr. Scott posted on Facebook was that Mr. Roth was running a hotel which... Uh, housed or accepted pedophiles, right? Which is a pretty, pretty, pretty damning claim. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, especially if it's not true. Yeah, and so Mr. Roth, he, he as you read through the case, he made every effort to contact Mr. Scott and asked Mr. Scott to take it down. Yeah, and he couldn't get it taken down. Mr. Scott would not take it down. So that's step one. Um, I, I don't know whether he contacted Facebook. That's not in the case, but it was. it's pretty clear that he was left with no other option but to um, bring it before the courts. Yep. And what did the courts have to say? The court looked at, uh, first of all, whether Mr. Roth, who was the plaintiff, can be identified by what was posted on, on Facebook because it didn't actually use his name. This is important. But oh, it, right. So it didn't use his name at all. No, it, it didn't use his name. So that's going back to the point we made before is, is can can the, the particular person be, be sufficiently identified? The court said that um, Mr. Roth could be identified because it did use the, the um, name of his hotel. Wow. And it's okay. a pretty small community. Yeah. Um, so it's not hard to work out who who Mr. Scott was talking about. Because he was running the, the hotel. He's the only one running this particular heads. hotel, yeah. The court then had to work out whether the accusations made were actually defamatory. Yep. And in that respect, the the court did find uh, that the the accusations made did defame Mr. Roth, primarily on the basis that the word pedophile was was used. Mm-hmm. Mr. Scott raised the defence of qualified privilege, uh, which basically he his defence was that he had a duty to the you know the public mm-hmm. and the community to um, let them know what was going on here but th- the issue with that defense is that um, y- you know the, the claim was completely um, unsubstantiated yeah that's right so that defense fell over, fell over. pretty quickly 
The next defence that Mr. Scott raised was that um, it was his honest opinion. Yep. Okay. And the court said that um, that defence fails on two grounds. The first is that he wasn't stating an opinion. He was stating a fact, or what he thought was a fact. Yeah, and there's a quite significant difference, Big isn't difference there? between his opinion and what, what he thinks is a, is, is a fact. Yep. Um, and then uh, it failed also because that fact wasn't true. Of course. Uh, and he couldn't provide any evidence to, to substantiate the, the, the fact. And the third defence raised by Mr. Scott was that um, uh, was the defence of triviality, which we mentioned before. And basically, what Mr. Scott was saying was, well, um, the 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 post that I put up about Mr. Roth housing pedophiles in his hotel doesn't actually cause harm to to Mr. Roth. I think objectively, most people would assume that a comment of that nature would. Yes, and that's exactly what the court said. So yeah. that defence, uh, that that defence failed very quickly and the, the court simply said that because of the, the nature of the of the accusation and the language used, mm-hmm. um, there's no doubt that it was intended to cause harm. And so Mr Scott failed on all of his defences mm-hmm. and Mr Roth ultimately succeeded and he was, uh, he was awarded $150,000. Wow. So quite a significant sum of money. Yep, that's right. Um, so that was a New South Wales case. Why don't we use a... Queensland case. Yeah, so why don't you, um, you've got a Queensland case there, Cameron. So so Dan, I have a 2019 case here where the decision was only made a few months ago in February of this year. Right. Now, the case is called O'Reilly and Edgar. Uh, Now, to understand this case, you need to understand that Mr. O'Reilly is the, or was the current CEO of Go-Karting Australia. And Mr. Edgar is the administrator of a public Facebook page called Go Cutting Kid. Okay, radio. Now, Mr. Edgar, through being an administrator on this page, made a series of nine posts um, which made allegations against Mr. O'Reilly in both a professional and personal capacity. Can you um, maybe read out... One or two of those allegations. So a few of the posts made by Mr. Edgar name Mr. O'Reilly, stating O'Reilly in the post, but other ones uh, make reference to him. So one of them, for instance, he uses the uh, pseudonym K.O. And he says, you know, you, lo- uh, you know, K.O. loves his kickbacks, engine kickback, tire kickback, airbox kickback, only ones not getting a kickback is us Carters. There's another one here as well that says, we want our prize money and test drives to use scamming little gerbil. Scamming little gerbil. That's right. right. So these are just a few of the comments made, but as mm. you can see, if the allegations that are being made aren't true, they could be deemed defamatory. Yeah, especially considering he's... Did you say he's in a CEO position? That's right. He's the head of go okay. in Australia. So, and, and Mr. O'Reilly has been sufficiently identified in these posts. That's right. By both name and position. Yep. Okay, rightio. Now, like the other case we went through, Dan, Mr. Edgar brought forward a number of defences. One of the key defences he brought forward here was the defence of justification. And Mr. Edgar made the submission that... No reasonable person could honestly make or draw the conclusion that the post that he was making was in relation to 
Mr. O'Reilly, the head of go-karting Australia. That seems like an odd defence, <coughs> considering he's um, he's named him. Well, that's what the court said. Right. <laughs> and they essentially said, well, that defence doesn't apply. Mm. Now, the other defence brought forward by Mr. Edgar was the defence of triviality, which we touched on oh, yeah, as we well talked about, about before, that. Right. where Mr. Edgar said that Mr. O'Reilly had not suffered any harm or loss or damage. Um, so that way, his defamation claim must fail. Mm. Now, the court looked at all the evidence of Mr. O'Reilly in this situation. He had multiple character witnesses and other evidence on and they made the decision that this was not true and it had, in fact, affected his reputation. Right, okay. So that's the second defence, which has failed. So the court took all of that into effect and then decided that Mr. Edgar had indeed defamed mm-hmm. Mr. O'Reilly. And the next decision they had to make was in regards to the monetary sum mm-hmm. that would be used as damages for this type of conduct. So in the end, the court awarded one of the highest sums of a defamation lawsuit in Queensland uh, in the favour of Mr. O'Reilly, which was the sum of $250,000. Wow. Quarter of a million dollars. That's a lot of money. Is a lot of money Mm. considering we're talking about 10 Facebook posts here. And, and, you know, we're talking about suing someone in their personal capacity. That's right. So this this Mr. Mr. Edgar Mm -hmm. needs needs to pay for this out of his own pocket. Which leads us into the next point here where even though you may win $250,000, if the person you are fighting does not have that money, you're not going to get anything. So I I suppose people bring these claims for two reasons. I think the primary reason is to clear their name. Yes. uh, And the secondary reason is for adequate compensation. But you've just raised a good point there. It, It may be that you can clear your name but not actually... Um, receive the receive the, the money that's been awarded, which is why most of the cases that we see on the news regarding defamation are against companies such yeah. as News Corp. Yeah, they've got deep pockets because they've got deep pockets, mm. and if people win, they usually get a large sum of money. Is it fair to say, also in that case, Cameron, you were just talking about that if that public Facebook group was only limited to say twenty people or thirty people? That would have a serious impact on the amount of money awarded to Mr. O'Reilly. Well, that's right. Because I, I think that goes to the, the um, you know, the extent of the publication. Mm-hmm. But in this, I, I think you said in this case it was, you know, fifteen hundred people or something. And and the facts of this case were when the first defamatory post was made, there was only three hundred mm. or so people. Yeah. But the yeah. group got larger over time, yeah. so more and more people were seeing this. Mm. And that played a factor into the amount of damages that Mr. O'Reilly received. Mm. So, Dan, in summary, with defamation, what do you have to say? Well, if you think you've been defamed, um, if you've taken those steps that we talked about before, which is contacting that person and asking them to um, remove the, the post or, you know, whatever they've made public and they haven't done it, and if you've contacted the, the particular platform or medium yep, um, and it can't be taken down, then, then you should consider contacting uh, one of the lawyers here at Adams & Partners Lawyers who can, uh, who can provide you with further advice. And that's right. 
So I think that's it for the podcast today, Dan. Anything else from you? Thanks, Cameron. That was uh, that was an interesting topic. Yes, it is, and one that comes up um, a lot more than you would think. Yeah, so I hope you all um, can take something away from that, and we look forward to um, bringing you another interesting podcast next week. And uh, if you have any questions in relation to anything that we've been speaking about, uh, please email us on info at adamslawyers.com.au. Uh, And if you are enjoying the podcast, please uh, like, share, review us. That would be great. We're trying to get as many people to listen to our podcast as we can. And your help would be much appreciated. Absolutely. All right. Thanks, guys. See you next week. Thank you. See you later. We lost our rights to the theme music. We have to make it ourselves now. (laughs) One-on-one.